Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Corporate bond markets have started the month off with a bang. The European Union's crackdown on big tech is getting real, and investors are excited about uranium. Plus, Europe's drought is wreaking havoc on the agriculture and energy sectors. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. You don't see weeks like this one in the corporate bond market often. $34 billion worth of investment-grade debt was issued in the U.S. on Tuesday. It was one of the top 10 strongest days in the history of the corporate bond market. Meanwhile, Barclays, Nestle, and Toyota offered bonds yesterday. So why are companies rushing to issue debt like it's going out of style? Well, markets normally spring back to life in September after taking a breather in August. But also, if you check your calendars, the European Central Bank has a meeting next week. and The Federal Reserve has a meeting in two weeks. So companies are trying to take advantage of the fact that debt markets are relatively calm now before these two interest rate decisions. The European Union announced a list yesterday of digital services that will have to comply with the bloc's new regulations. Think Apple's App Store or Google search function. This is part of the EU's Digital Markets Act, and the list targets services from six of the world's biggest tech companies. Here's the FT's Javier Espinoza. They will have to comply with new legal responsibilities that they didn't have before, like For example, they will be forced to share data that they gather in their services with other rivals. Or they'll be able to interact, say, if you're a messaging service, so now you're on WhatsApp and then you want to send something to Facebook Messenger, it will be a more seamless experience for people who use these services. And so the idea is that you make things more interoperable and allow for more competition. And as you can imagine, the tech companies are not happy about this. So they are arguing, and it's somewhat counterintuitive, that some of the services are just too small, and therefore they should not be captured by these new rules. This sounds a bit weird if you're an outsider and you're not following this and you're hearing arguments from Apple or Microsoft, these tech giants saying that, but this is one of their arguments. For example, Microsoft has Bing, which is this search engine. So in the case of Bing, they will be linking back to Google, which is a bit weird because Google is the one with the biggest market share. So they would only be helping them gain more customers. Javier says this is a big moment for the tech industry. It matters a lot because the EU is the first one that has moved to regulate a sector that basically, by and large, has been unregulated. There were no laws before. Thierry Breton, the French commissioner, had described the landscape as the wild, wild west, where these companies, you know, became just too big to care. So 
it's a moment where we mark the before, where they could do things maybe on a voluntary basis, but they had no legal requirements. Now they do. And they face fines of up to 10% of the global turnover if they are found to not be compliant by the rules. The FT's Javier Espinoza covers competition and digital policy from Brussels. The world is eyeing nuclear power again these days, and investors, they're buying into the raw material that fuels it, uranium. Here to talk about why investors are pouring into this rare metal is the FT's asset management reporter, Arjun Neil Allen. Hi, Arjun. Hi there, Mark. So tell me, what's going on with uranium prices? Well, they're up. The price has doubled over the last three years, and retail investors are pretty excited about it. They're getting exposure to this price increase either through buying vehicles that buy and hold uranium or by buying into the mining companies and extraction companies like Cameco, which is the second largest uranium miner in the world based in Canada. So Arjun, what's the backstory here? I mean, why is all of a sudden uranium the most popular kid on the block? (laughs) So for context, uranium is the fuel that's most widely used to produce nuclear energy. And I think the international geopolitical situation like the Russian invasion of Ukraine, has cast into doubt reliable supplies of energy from abroad. And so governments are looking to domestic sources of energy. And the most obvious form of that is nuclear energy. All right, so it sounds like investors are partially interested in this because of concerns over energy security. Arjun, are there any potential pitfalls when it comes to this kind of investment into uranium? So one investor I spoke to described the uranium market as an oil tanker in that it's very slow to move. That's because getting new mining projects approved and set up takes a very, very long time. So Cameco this week, which is the Canadian miner, warned of supply shortfalls in the coming years. And building nuclear power plants takes a very, very long time as well, which is not a good sign because demand is going up. So what might this mean then for the world's larger energy needs? It's clear that nuclear power really is back in fashion in many parts of the world. The key thing that people are worried about is that supply is unable to match demand. And so this is inevitably going to drive the price up, which might delight investors, but is going to mean it's going to become more difficult for governments to necessarily source and pay for nuclear power in the future. And I think governments are striving for energy security, but they're also striving for their net zero targets. And it's become clear to many governments and stakeholders that the path to net zero is paved with nuclear power. And this is only going to drive demand up further. Arjun Neil Alam is the FT's asset management reporter. Thanks, Arjun. Thank you very much. There is a water crisis in Europe. Droughts are getting worse and lasting longer, and it's affecting Europe's agriculture and energy industries. Here to discuss this is Alice Hancock. She covers energy and climate policy in Brussels for the FT. Hi, Alice. Hello. So first off, what is causing the water crisis Europe is experiencing? Is it just climate change? I mean, climate change is the big driver, yeah. But actually what kind of alerted me to this story in the first place was somebody told me this stat that on average, a quarter of water in the EU is lost through leaky pipes. Sorry, did you say a quarter? Yeah, on average. Wow, that's, that's 
It's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> it's a lot of water. Um, and I was sort of thinking, oh, that, but surely, you know, it goes back into the water cycle. So if you lose some through the pipes, it'll go back into the groundwater and that's fine. But actually, you know, it can be evaporated up quicker. It gets polluted. So that means that that water is then dirty. So it can't be used for drinking. And so, in fact, you know, the water cycle is getting increasingly tight, if you like, and that is causing a lack of water, which in a continent that most people think of as pretty wet and pretty rainy, seems really hard to think about, but it's getting quite serious. How is the short supply of water impacting industries in the EU? I mean, agriculture is the big one, right? Because they are the biggest user of water for obvious reasons. You know, you need to water crops. And I spoke to some Spanish farmers looking very sadly at the very, very dry earth. There's water, there's life. Hector, who is a farmer in Leon in the north of Spain, looking out over his fields, he said there's an old Spanish saying, which is that water is gold dust. And, and so he said, we're trying to use it wisely. Okay, so water is like gold, right? Like, uh, like a good thing that is scarce. But then if you layer on top of that, that we're going to have increasing industries that need water. I mean, mining requires water. Data scientists require water for cooling. Making semiconductors requires like this ultra high quality water. All these things that we need for the green transition, they all require water. So the demands are only going to get more while the supply is just getting less. So Alice, is the EU starting to think about solutions I mean, the EU has put forward some different bits and pieces of legislation. It has a wastewater framework, um, but lots of it looks at the quality of water and not the quantity. I think we've seen the most major move from France this year when French President Emmanuel Macron announced a big water plan. And he set this target of having 10% of wastewater reused by 2030 and called it this water sobriety plan. But they are really ahead and uh, many other countries haven't even begun to think about it yet. Alice Hancock is the FT's EU correspondent. She covers energy and climate policy in Brussels. Thanks, Alice. Thanks for having me. You could read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.